God is good. All the time. Amen. It's good to see you, youth, as more people are coming in. It's good that you guys came today in the middle of the week to youth service. And one of the more important services that we have is prayer service this week. That we're going to be dedicating this entire service to prayer. We do have blessed brothers, uh, guest speakers here today to uh to speak the word during when lead us to prayer today. May God bless them and the word today. Today, before, as worship group uh, prepares, I wanted to open up on, um, just open up uh, the service with a specific um, focus in the Bible as well. I just wanted to kind of uh, look, dive deep into it. I was, when I was reading, kind of preparing for this, I was reading, uh, stumbled upon James chapter 4, verse 8. Uh, it kind of really touched my heart personally when I was uh, reading and kind of uh, meditating upon it. Uh, James chapter 4, verse 8, as it says, the first part of it, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Those are one of the key things that kind of touched me as well. When we draw near with a pure heart, with a heart of genuineness to God, when we seek to him, as Matthew says, seek and you will find him. Knock and the door will be open to you. When we do this from a pure heart, when we see God in prayer and in His Word, He will open to open up to us. And and it's important for a Christian to have a life of prayer. Without prayer, it's 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 becomes void in such a way. It, it's important because it's such a beautiful thing. Um, when when we prayer, uh, when we because personally for me, I see it as prayer. It reflects to a personal relationship with Christ. When we pray to Christ, we pray to God. It's a personal relationship that we have with Him. It's beautiful to think how I noted, I wrote a note for myself. It's beautiful and amazing to think that we have been given the ability to communicate with Him in any moment from any place we can thank Him and ask for His strength to discern His will and become more like Christ. That's kind of like a note I stumbled upon on. And and it's important that we focus on a life of prayer as well, that we find time on free time. Instead of spending time 30 minutes on your phone or 30 minutes online or an hour, but focus on prayer and then His Word throughout, throughout the week, not only here at Youth Service, but throughout the week. Let's all just stand up for God just to bless this prayer service and that God could bless every single one of us and that the Holy Spirit would be moving in this place. Praise God, brothers and sisters. It's a little weird because I'm used to preaching in front of a mix of people, older mostly, and today I see a whole bunch of young people in front of me. So I feel a little nervous in front of you guys, even though that might you guys might think like older people or not. But uh, yeah, it's not. I came here questioning inside myself, kind of thinking out in my mind to God, wondering, Lord, like, what, what can I say today? What can I talk about that might touch someone's heart, that might give someone a glimpse at life from a different perspective, maybe the, than how they have been living it up to this point? And um, I don't know who's in charge of shining up the Bible verses, but you, could you guys shine that verse that the brother read? Uh, Jacob 4.8. Could we get that back up there? Not used to holding a mic either. I guess that's my answer from God right there because he read that verse and he read the first half. I want to finish the verse. Uh, we'll start from the beginning. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Today, I want to talk a little bit about that characteristic of double-mindedness. And I'm not going to talk about it as if I am innocent of that or as if I don't experience that in my life. I'm going to speak about it from my own experience and from what I see around me. I know that young people growing up in this country with uh, all the potential that you guys have, you guys could go to school, you guys can get any kind of education you want. You can become doctors, lawyers, engineers. You can live a beautiful, amazing life or so it seems from the side, of, from a physical perspective. And a lot of times, the, these things in life, I don't, I want to make sure I come, I, 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 
pass off my thoughts correctly so you guys understand where I'm coming from. All these things, they're good. You know, we're very lucky that we live in this country and that we have all these possibilities that we can pursue. But it's a double-edged sword because from one position, you can flourish in the physical life. But from another position, and maybe I don't know if you guys know this yet, if you guys understand this, but as, you'll, as life will go on, maybe somebody will remember my words. The more comfortable life is, the more power you have, the more control you have over your own life, the harder it is for you, it, it will be for you to need God, to go to him when you need him. And maybe I know, I know from experience because I used to convince myself that, no, if I became a millionaire, if I could have everything I wanted, I would do this and this and that for God. And, but God showed me over the years, he showed me who I am. He showed me what I'm capable of whenever he takes his protection off of me. And the double-mindedness is something that a lot of people nowadays that sit in church, that go to church every Sunday, that maybe even come during the week, they come to church, they stand in front of God, in front of his throne, and they have a double-minded mentality. They want to be gods, but then they also want to have the world. They want to be friends with the world, and then they also want to receive God's blessing. And when I say God's blessing, I'm not talking about physical, brothers and sisters, because blessing from God is bigger than that. It's deeper than that. Physical blessing, it's not limited to just Christians. This one guy I know, he made this example. He said, I serve God. I work hard. I have a half a million dollar home. I have a hundred thousand dollar car. And I say, the Lord is blessing me. And then my next door neighbor, who's an atheist, he has the same things that I have. And then he's like, so I ask myself, who's blessing who? Nowadays, we need to start talking about God's blessing when it comes to the inner man. Christ said that the kingdom of heaven is within. And nowadays, it takes a lot of effort to be able to acquire that kingdom within. One of the brother in the beginning, he mentioned that he questioned everyone here. How often do you pray that we should pray during the week? We should be in God's word. And I want to ask that question again. I mean, there was a point in my life where I got to a point where I kind of started talking to God in a, in a disappointed kind of way. I said, God, you know, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying to do what you say, and it's not really working. So I kind of came to this, to a decision where I had to make, and I said, God, if I'm going to try one more time, I'm going to put your word to the test. It says, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. So I said, I'm going to try one more time, and I, I put the effort in. I said, even if I don't feel like it, even if I don't experience anything supernatural, when I put, bow my knees in prayer in my, in my prayer closet, if I don't experience anything, I'm just going to do it for, for an extended period of time consistently. And God is faithful because I started to see a change in myself. Some of the things that I struggled with, some of the things that, that would hold me back, they started to fall away. And today, I'm not going to point a finger at anybody, but I'm just going to say, just as a, a vorpschim, you guys, uh, I don't know how to say that in English, kind of vorpschim smuslia, everybody's, that nowadays we're double-minded or we tend to pr protect certain things that are worldly. Well, I hear this from a lot of young people, and when I say young people, it feels weird because I feel like I'm young too. I'm only 31. Um, I only got married like four years ago, so I, I don't have that much life experience. I made a lot of mistakes growing up. And uh, I just noticed that when we don't see God, it's very difficult to convince us of, of what godliness truly is. For a woman, what does godliness mean? For a man, what does godliness mean? Nowadays, a lot of young guys, a lot of young girls, they look into the world for an example. They kind of look at how modern Christianity is going, and they try to take an example from that. The world is losing its mind completely. It's trying to flip roles. It's trying to turn men into women and women into men. And in the world, maybe those are extreme examples, but brothers and sisters, those extreme examples, they started somewhere. If you look at America 20 to 30 years ago, they looked like you guys. They went to church like you guys do. But something happened. 
life started to offer its blessings. Life started to offer its potential. And people started to go after other things. They went after other things other than what's God's, of the things of heaven. And today I'm not trying to discourage anybody that, uh, you know, Christianity is about being uh, poor, broke, and hungry. That's not my point. My point is that if Jesus Christ is not going to be number one, if he's not going to be the first one you seek when you get up in the morning and the last one you seek when you go to sleep at night, everything you do, it's for nothing. You will not find happiness. You will not find, you will not get that gratification in anything you do that you think you will. I don't know everybody's personal life. I see some young guys here. And I don't know what everybody's doing in their personal life, but for some reason I feel like maybe if you guys could relate to me a little bit more, maybe you'll take me a little more seriously. You know, I'm standing in front of you guys right now preaching and reading the word, but it wasn't always like this. I grew up in a Christian family as well, and I kind of started going after the cool life. I was into that little bad boy thing, how people call it nowadays. It's not cool. It's not, it's not anything worthy of even mentioning, but it's a testimony of what God did to me. And a lot, some of my friends, half my friends, I can say there was four of us. I had three really good friends. And out of two of us, one is dead, the other one is a, is a drug addict who cannot get out of it. He's a little, he's a year older than me, I believe, and he's stuck in hardcore drugs. And it all started with just being a little cool, hanging out a little bit, having a nice car, being a little cooler than the next guy. And then crime, and then this, and then that. And I'm only here in front of you guys only by God's mercy. Hallelujah. Only by God's mercy. And the thing is that none of you guys know when your lives could end. And I'm not trying to like scare people. I'm talking about the realities of life. Today in America, it feels like things will just continue going on forever. Everything's going to be fine. I will never be the one who's going to get some disease or get into some kind of tragic accident. But the thing is, we don't know. If God removes his protection and if we are not living according to his word, where is our soul going to be in eternity? That's something that all of us need to think about today. And we need to consider the fact that just because we come to church or we grew up in a Christian family, that does not guarantee salvation. Double-minded person cannot please God. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. So the way that we're supposed to live in this time on this earth, I remember Apostle Paul, he says, so to translate that maybe roughly, let, let the buyer be as if he's not buying or not acquiring. Using this life, this world, as if, to not, as if not using it. And I made this example one time because I went to, I'm from Moldova, and I went to Moldova when I was a, a couple times, I went like, I don't know, six or seven years ago we went together. And I noticed this characteristic. When I was looking at everybody living life around me that lives there, everyone's getting up in the morning, going to work, pursuing something, doing something. Everyone's just in that little hustle and bustle of life. And when I came back to the States, you know, I was thinking about certain things, and I heard a brother mention that we're temporary visitors. We, we temp, you know, we're not, we're not here forever, that our home is in heaven. And I kind of wanted to apply that to our uh, that little example that I just made of being in another country to our lives, the way that we should live, is, you know, when I was a guest there, I wasn't about to go enroll in college and invest in real estate and, and start to get a job and try to, try to, I don't know, create my own little kingdom there. I was just waiting to get back home. How do we live today on earth? Are we, are we thinking and living as if we're going to be here forever? We're putting all our hopes and dreams on that that we can see? A lot of young girls, a lot of young sisters here today. You know, I know a lot of, a lot of girls when I was growing up, when I was in my early 20s, my late teens, a lot of them now are divorced, 
broken families, even if they are married, they're miserable. Their husbands are all about money. They don't care about anything else. How are you guys going to end up? Do you maybe think that your physical beauty will get you the kind of guy who's just going to be able to give you the happiness that you dream of? It's not going to happen. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. And I know you guys come to church, so you guys probably know about the woman of Proverbs, right? Do we, when we read that spot, when you guys hear that spot, if it's ever preached, do we just take that as advice or do we take that as the law of life given from God to you guys here on earth? It doesn't matter how attractive you are. Once you get married... And if you don't have that personality of that godly woman, your husband will begin to despise you. He will not be able to stand you. He might just, he might just sprinkle you with gifts and little things just to get you to quiet down, and he will live his own separate life. If you want to have happiness in your relationship, you need to look for what God says. This, is just not, this book is not advice. This book is the book of life. Jesus Christ said that my words, they are spirit and life for your soul, for your spirit. And no one else can give you that. No money, no education, no, no perfect image of some kind of family or husband. Nothing can give you that other than Jesus Christ. And he died for every single one of us so that we could acquire that. So we could have that inner joy, that inner peace that no one can take away. I've been through high points in my life. I've been through low points. I've been through points where I didn't think about money. I would just swipe my debit card. I would buy whatever I want, do whatever I wanted. And I wasn't happy then. But then I had, there were points in my life where I was completely in debt. But I would go to a prayer, and the Holy Spirit would fill me, and nothing could, make, nothing could waver me. I was not depressed. I was not unhappy. I was full of joy. And maybe someone would look at me from the side and be like, what's wrong with you? Your life is in shambles. But I didn't care because the, the happiness that the Lord gives, that is true happiness. Everything else is temporary. Maybe some of you guys already know this. You're already experiencing this. I'm just sharing from my own experience. I'm not that far ahead of you guys. Some guys probably here are in their 20s already. You know, so I'm only a few years ahead of you guys. The iPhone came out when I was a teenager. I'm not that old. I remember the first one. Me and my buddy were sitting in the car, and he was playing YouTube videos or some kind of videos on it. So I can relate to you guys. I know the life that you guys live. I'm very familiar with a lot of that stuff. And nothing but Jesus Christ is going to be able to give you what you want or what you need. And a lot of times, what we want isn't even good for us. What we want, you know, I heard someone say, I heard a, a girl say one time that, Oh, I just, I love, I love this, I love that, I love fashion, I just, I'm just all about, you know, makeup and this and that, and I'm like, but you're not born that way, you were programmed, I mean, look around you, everything around you is teaching you how to act, how to behave, that double-mindedness right there is what Christianity is suffering from in America, we don't want to let go of earthly things so that we can acquire Christ. I made this example once that when I was talking to, to a young brother once, I met him at somewhere that I, I didn't see him for a while, and we started talking, and, you know, and I told him, you know, leaving sin, all those things that we consider sin, the obvious ones, leaving sin is for your benefit. God doesn't like sin. He hates sin because it destroys his children. So when he says don't sin, that's for your benefit. It's to keep you alive. It's so that you don't die. So when we restrain ourselves from sin or, from, or, we, or, we, or we, you know, distance ourselves from it, that's to keep us alive spiritually. That's to keep us so that we could have access to God's grace to his glory, to be able to come to him as a father, even though not saying that if we do fall into sin, that he doesn't accept us. His grace covers all things. I'm talking about living in sin, saying that this is not sin. I think in Proverbs, if I remember correctly, it says, woe unto those who call light darkness and darkness light, or good evil and evil good. 
We have to be careful to not become those people because the devil, he's all about brainwashing, about dis- diluting the truth, cheapening the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I heard a brother who goes to third world countries and ministers there. He says that American Christianity is a joke. And maybe we're not on the same level as really modern American Christianity. But brothers and sisters, if you, you guys film your services, the church that, I, that my mom goes to, I used to go there too, they film their services also. If I take a service from 10 years ago, a lot of the people, the same people in the same church, you would not recognize them now because they look like the world, they dress like the world, and they act like the world. But they say, praise God, hallelujah, we're being blessed. Today we need to seek the blessing that gives us life within so that our mind is not double-minded, so that we're dedicated to God. And I want to read... One more spot before we pray. Matthew 20, 28. I got a Russian Bible, so maybe if, I don't know if they'll light it up. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. If I'm a Christian, what does it mean to be a Christian? A Christian is someone who follows Christ, who follows his example. Jesus says that he came to serve. What kind of Christian am I? Am I a Christian so that the Lord could bless me and give me, give me? Or am I a Christian that understands the sacrifice, the price of the blood of the Son of God that was shed for me? And I'm willing to become a servant just like him. So that through me, he can speak his words. Through me, he can live. Because all of us were condemned to death and sin. The only way that we can live is if we allow him to live through us. And if he's going to live through us on this earth, he's going to serve. He's going to serve his neighbor. He's going to speak the words of life. He'll be an example. Today, Christianity needs those people. And you guys are the young generation. You guys are going to be building families. You guys are going to be having kids. And if you don't have true spiritual inner life, your children will not follow your footsteps. That's one of my biggest concerns right now. I have a two-year-old and a 10-month-old, or 11 months today, 11-month-old. My wife keeps track of that stuff. Um, And they're growing up fast. And I grew up in a Christian family as well, but for some reason, I didn't believe my parents. They went to church every Sunday. They, they did what everybody's parents do, but for some reason, I didn't believe them. I didn't believe in their Christianity. And I'm not judging my parents. I'm not condemning them. I'm, I just I learned from things that they did, and I'm hoping that I don't do the same things. My biggest concern now is I'm like, God, how... Can I serve you? How do I live according to your word in such a way that I'm not just going to be speaking or just talking, but my life and my, everything that I do is going to shine a light into the darkness so that those around me who are seeking relief, who are seeking peace, they will see the light and they will be drawn onto it. And if Christ lives in me, I will be able to point them to him. He came here to serve. And one more spot I'm going to read. Paslanya Yuda, Apostle Judah, I believe. Is that how you say it in English? First, первая глава, 11 стих, 11th verse. Горе им, потому что идут путем Каиновым, предаются обольщению мзды, как Валаам, и упорстве погибают, как Корей. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain, and for, and for pay... They have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam and perished in the rebellion of Korah. And the 12th verse. These are the men who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, caring for themselves. Clouds without water, carried along by winds. Autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. For pay. In the 11th verse, and then here, 
They are hidden reefs in your love feasts. So they're in the church. They come to church. They say praise Jesus. But they're only serving him for pay. They want some kind of benefit. They want some kind of reward. Lord, give me this, give me that. Jesus Christ is looking for those who are going to say, Lord, what do you want from me? What can I do for you? And don't get the wrong idea. Our Heavenly Father, He's good. He will give you what you need for life. But it's hard for us to trust Him. I noticed that trait in myself. It's hard for me to trust God that He'll give me what I want. I'd rather go get it myself. I'd rather do it myself. And, but I'll get on my knees and say, God, bless me as I'm doing that. It's hard for me to say, Lord, the way that you want it to be, let it be that way and allow me to do something for you. That is a very difficult thing to do. I'm saying that from my own experience. It's very hard. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't give us the strength and the humbleness to trust our Heavenly Father, we're not going to be able to do anything of consequence for our, for our Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. If we will not be fruit-bearing trees in his garden, then we know what happens to those trees. They're cut down and they're thrown in the fire. Today, we still have time. Today is still a day where we can repent, where we can say, Lord, maybe I wasn't you know, maybe I was coming to church. Maybe I checked off my Bible reading for the day. I checked off my prayer for the day. But it was just, a, it was just an act. I did, that, I did that for a long time. And until I actually started to, started to do it in a way where I would say, Lord, I want to see your blessing, not in my outside life. I want to see it within me. I want to see you change me. I was not a good person. I used to drink, I used to smoke, I used to rob stuff, steal stuff, we used to carry around guns, I used to sell drugs, I did all kinds of things. I'm not bragging about it. It's a shameful thing to do. And I should be dead like some of my friends, but by the mercy of Jesus Christ, I'm still alive and I want to do something for him. Today, you guys all have that same opportunity. You have an opportunity to sac sacrifice yourself for him. Because he did that for you. Not so you can run along and live like everybody else. But so you can shine a light just like he did in this world. Amen. Glory to the Lord. Amen. This is uh, the first time I'm going to be uh, preaching in English. Even though... I grew up in America pretty much my whole life. My parents immigrated from Moldova when I was almost two years old. And uh, first off, I just want to tell brothers and sisters, the generation of the young people, I really want to express deeply to each and one of you that you have mercy from the Lord, that God has blessed you. He chose you and he gave you life and you were born into a Christian family. I, I just, I'm assuming that most people here are born in a Christian family. And those of you who are not and you came to the Lord, that is also a huge blessing because Jesus Christ, the living God, he came down on this earth he shed his blood, he paid a price, and when he looked down on your soul from his throne, he, he, he took his arm out and he uh, picked you up. So I just want to encourage every single one of you guys today. You know, the Holy Spirit, uh, he's saying a lot to my heart, to my soul. You know, the Word of God is a double-edged sword, and just because I'm speaking here, that doesn't mean that I'm getting a blessing. That doesn't mean that the Lord is cutting me deep right now. That doesn't mean that I'm perfect. I count myself a sinner that is, in Russian, я помилованный грешник. Христос, он помиловал меня, братья и сестры. You know, I was born in a Christian family, like my brother over there, which is also my cousin, but I went into the world. I started living a fleshly lifestyle. I started living with my fleshly mind. I had a carnal lifestyle. 
There's not, nothing to brag about that I was in deep sin and narcotics. It was nothing to brag about that I went to jail. There's nothing cool about that. But what is cool, what is true, what is lovely, what was just read in the beginning of the service is to seek the truth, to seek life, my brothers and sisters, to seek Jesus Christ. And many people today, they profess that I am a Christian. Many people profess that they know Christ. But the word of God says that many, many people walk on the wide path. But very few people that seek wholeheartedly, they steadfast in their prayer. They seek Christ in fasting. They seek Christ in humilhando своего сердца. They, they pour out their soul to God because they see that they are not perfect. They see that without him, they will not reach eternity. But we are blessed today. Again, I just want to encourage every single one of us and me that the mercy of God, that the time that is given to us, that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of repentance. Today we have another chance to get closer to God. Today, the love of Christ, the blood of Jesus, it can cleanse each and one of us. Satan, he's an accuser, he's a deceiver, and he always tries to come close, and the battle is always in our mind. He sends thoughts in our mind. He always says, oh, you're not worthy. Today you have fallen, you have sinned. Maybe you have looked at porno. Maybe you have looked at a sinful movie. Maybe you have tried alcohol, and he will bash you in your mind that you are not worthy to return to him. Look at you, but I want to remind every single one of you today that that is a battle, and the devil will always send those thoughts to each and every one of us. He sends them to me. He sends them to pastors, preachers. We are human. It doesn't matter how high or how strong we grow in Christ. The devil is like that uh, roaring lion. He is coming. He's always after us. He's always seeking to destroy. So I just want to encourage every single one of us tonight that we always look upon Christ. And when we look upon Christ, when we, you know, not only come to church, it's good to come to church, it's blessing to come to church, it's good to come to youth service, but if that's all we do in our life, then we are sad Christians. If we just come to this place, like was already said by the Holy Spirit, that if we just come to Christ to receive, that Christ is just a gadget in my life, he is a keychain in my life just to better my life, so I can have a little peace in my life, so I can have a little bit of joy in my life, so I can get on my knees in front of the Lord so he can bless my future. And I'm just talking about most Christians today, I don't exempt myself, I don't say that I'm perfect, that I have reached something. I just thank God that the Holy Spirit and his word, it opens up to us through brothers and sisters and we share today that this is not it. That the things of the physical, this does not give us life. The word of God is truth, and the word of God is spirit and life. And those who seek shall find. You know, when I was 19 years old, when I was overdosing on ecstasy, I remembered all those conversations. I remember when my dad would say, Siroja, boyse Boga, vernissimu, me molimsa za tibia. And you know, when I repented, I went to a little house church and the brother was preaching. There was no altar call. There was nothing. I just felt how the Holy Spirit was convicting me inside. God was drawing me. And Christ, he drew me in. He caught me like a fisherman. He cleansed me. He gave me new life. He gave me the gift of the Holy Spirit. The word of God says, if you are not born of water and of spirit, you shall not see the kingdom of God. We need to put a, a goal in front of us today. I don't know how many of you have been water baptized. That is the first step in our terms, in, in, in our language, that I am signing a contract with the living God, that I am not going to live for myself, nor I'm going to serve just as my Lord Jesus. And I want to tell everyone today that if we do not sacrifice our life, if I don't wholeheartedly free willingly lay down my life on the altar as a living sacrifice, as Apostle Paul says to, to the brothers in the scripture, we are going to be struggling in our walk with Christ. 
We are going to be crawling on our knees. We're always going to be like, God, why this? Why am I so weak? Why don't I have peace? You know, I was listening to a, to a brother. His name is Dimitri Birizuk. And he was talking about prayer. And he was saying this one sister came. He has the gift of healing. Christ does miracles through him. He is passed on and he's in heaven with the Lord. But he said, this one sister, she kept coming to me. And she's, she was always complaining. She's like, brother, I'm always weak. My heart, it doesn't have any passion. I don't see, I don't see the Lord working in my life. And he asked her a simple question. He's like, how many times a day do you eat? And she said, I don't remember, three, four, five times. And he said, in those meals, how many, how long do you eat? She's like 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes. And he's like, okay. So for the flesh, we take care of the flesh. That's good. And now he asked her, how much do you pray? How much throughout the day do you get on your knees when you're at work, when you go into the corner, or when you're doing something with your hands? How much are you in prayer with the Father? And she looked down and she said, very little. And he's like, there's our problem. We as Christians, we want to receive blessing. You know, we are a generation, I start saying we are a generation of Amazon Prime, of instant go. We want to get on our knees in front of the Lord and we want to receive the blessing instantly. That's not how the Lord works. The Lord wants to see how much time and effort we're going to put into him, how much we love him, how much we're going to seek him. And like it said in the word of God, those who seek shall find. Seeking isn't just one time I knocked on the door, no one answered, and I left. When we go to someone's house and we know that our friend is in there, we're not going to go to the door knock. We're going to wait 30 seconds and leave. We know he's in there, so we're going to keep knocking. We're going to keep knocking until he opens that door. So today, I just want to encourage Every single one of us encourage myself that the Lord, he is a living God. And he does hear our prayers. But the Lord, he expects from me and each and every one of us to walk in Christ's likeness. And what I mean by that is we need to look into the word of God. We need to look at Jesus. Jesus came down on this earth. He fulfilled the law and he showed us in perfect obedience how to serve the Father. We need to look at him. Jesus came to show us how to be obedient to the Father, how to be obedient to the word. He showed us. And today he has given us his word of knowledge so we seek him. And again, I'm gonna repeat myself, those who seek shall find. But if we do not seek, we shall not find. If we put our time and effort in our education, if we put our time and effort in our finances, in our, in our physical bank account, but in our spiritual savings account, we do not put any effort, we're going to suffer. Maybe not by our flesh. You know, there's many people today that profess that has been reminded, Jesus has blessed me. The Lord has blessed me. I got a big bank account. You know, there's many Hollywood stars that profess Jesus Christ. They say they are with him, but their life is like the world. If the world accepts us, if the world wants to give us a hug, brothers and sisters, I need to look inside my life because Jesus Christ said, they persecuted me, they will persecute you. They hated me, they shall hate you. When the word of life lives inside of us, it is going to come out of us. And when we speak the truth, when Christ speaks the light into a person's life and he's living in sin, he's living in darkness, he's either going to, there's going to be two reactions. He's either going to get convicted, humble himself and repent, or he's going to hate you and he's going to curse you and he's going to want to make you leave. So today, like it was already reminded, we are living in a time of deception where Satan comes in the light of an angel and he wants to deceive the children of Christ. He wants to deceive the children of God. And if everything's okay in our life right now, nobody's persecuting me. There's no problems in my life. Everything is just, you know, good and easy. I would question myself. Because the devil does not go after anyone unless there's a reason. 
And if we step on the path of Christ, it is said in the, the word of God in a second Timothy, um, желающие жить благочестиво во Христе Иисусе, они будут гонимы. Those who only have a desire to live for Christ, just to take the first step after Christ, you shall be persecuted. It's going to be a battlefield in your mind. Satan's going to make millions of excuses, millions of different things. He's going to give you opportunities that you think the Lord is blessing me. This is an amazing opportunity, but he wants you to take your eyesight from Christ to that, to money, to business, to building my kingdom on this earth, to building my name. And then when I do that, I start not to go to church. My prayer life is dying. My love My, my genuine passion for Christ, it is thinning. This one brother, Pastor Carter Conlin, he said a very important phrase, you know, it has been following me since I heard this sermon. I want to say at least for the past six months, I believe is when I first heard it. He said, brothers and sisters, each and one of us in our own prayer closet, We need to grab a shovel and we need to start digging our own well. And we need to start digging and we need to start digging until we reach that living water. And so our well, it fills up with this living water. My pastor tells me, Serge, you're not going to live by the, the, the general faith of the church. You're going to live by your own faith. There will come a time when each and one of you You're building, how you are building, you're building on the foundation of Christ. If you're building it from rock, if you're building it from silver, if you're building it from Drahatsenli uh, Kamnye, uh, or are you building it from hay, or are you building it from wood? It's going to get tested by fire. We are not excused from that. Every single person is going to get tested. And today Christ is saying, look in your walk. How are you building your house of faith? Am I just spending a couple minutes in the Bible, just kind of read it as a chore, and then I go do my thing? I go talk like the world. I eat like the world. I smell like the world. Everything about me just says the stench of the world. But then I want to come to church. I want to get on my knees. Lord, bless me. Fill my, fill my vessel with the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, it's not going to work. The Lord is telling me and each and one of us, before we go to the Lord, we need to repent. We need to cut off our arm. We need to rip out our eye. Christ has done everything. But there's also something that we need to do. We need to reject that love of our sin. I'm not talking about those big sins. I'm talking about those little sins. Every single one of you knows that sin. It takes time away from our prayer. It takes time away for us seeking the word, to seek Christ. It takes time away from us. And I hope that the Holy Spirit tonight, he will, he will start to dwell. He will start to work in each and everyone's heart. I want to read from Второе послание Коринфянам, 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17. I got a Russian Bible also. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Glory to God. And one more spot. Первое послание Иоанна, вторая глава, 15 стих. И ниже. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but, it, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Those words are life. Those words are a compass from each and every single one of, what, one of us. We are blessed. Christ has knocked on each one of our hearts. We came to him. We repented. He cleansed us. He sanctified us. He regenerated us. He put us on the path. 
But now it is time for me and each and every single one of us to enter into the narrow gate and to start to walk on the narrow path. To walk on the path that Christ himself has laid out for you and me. This path, you know, there is this one hymn, this one Russian brother wrote back in the Soviet Union days. I'll, I'll share you his testimony because it just, it encourages me, it gives me life every time I, I speak about it, every time I think about it, when it gets hard for me. He lived in a silo. He wasn't even a Christian person. His wife was an Orthodox Pravoslavnaya. This was maybe like, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 years ago. And she would always come to her husband and she would just give him the Bible. And she's like, you know, Mujunyok, just here, read, let's, let's start seeking Christ. Let's read the Bible. Let's, let's start. And, you know, he listened to her. He started reading the Bible. He started getting serious. Christ started working in his life. He repented. His son repented, his little son. And they just started reading daily. And then he started talking to his neighbors. He started to share the message. And before you know what months went by, and in this little, little shed, I'm going to call it a little house, 50, 60 people started coming, and they just started having fellowship. They started having prayers. The Holy Spirit started to do his work in that little village. But the KGB did not like that. The KGB did not bug him when he was by himself, when he was reading the word of God by himself, and he kept it to himself. But when he started to spread the message, and the KGB started to see that this brother has started to affect his village, they came to him. He was just sitting at the table with his family, just reading the word of God. They came to him, they took him, they put handcuffs on him, and they took him to a prison where there is murderers, rapists, serial killers. There was 1,500 people in that jail, and there was this one Christian brother who was just reading the word of God. And, every, and he wrote this song, Мой путь не усыпан шипами, my path is not filled with flowers and roses, but with, um, with thorns. And you know, this brother, he sat in jail for 19 years. And every morning, he stood up in front of his jail cell. He saw a window. He, was ra he would raise his hands, and he would sing this song. O Bože moj, Bože moj. Lord, teach me how to lay down my life for others. And for 19 years every day, this brother would get beaten. He would get tortured. And he would stay faithful for Christ. What he would do is he would write little Bible verses when he would find a little piece of paper. He would write a Bible verse. He would hide it or he would put it on the wall. And then when the, the officers come, they see him, they would beat him. And about 18 and a half years or 19 years almost in his jail sentence, they wanted to break this brother. So they, 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 uh, from the woman's prison, they found a woman. They uh, went to his house. They stole some of his wife's clothes. They dressed this inmate just like his wife. They beat her and they dragged her across in front of his cell. But he did not see her face. They went into another room. They started beating her, torturing her, raping this woman, and then they killed her, and then they dragged her in front of him again. And, that, and, and they broke him. And they came to him. They, all they wanted him to do is he said, they said, just sign this paper and just deny Christ, and you will walk out of this jail cell tomorrow. And he says, just give me one night of prayer. And he got his, on his knees and he started praying and the Holy Spirit opened up to him that his wife and his son are praying for him that he is strengthened and that he could stay faithful. The next morning they come, they go into his jail cell. They're like, all right, sign this. He's like, no, you guys are liars. They're like, what do you mean? He's, they're like, the Holy Spirit, God opened up to me that my wife is, is alive. I will not sign this. I am not gonna reject the Christ. You see, those who are faithful... We will be tested, but if we will be faithful and if we seek, God will open up to his children. The word of God says, like I'm telling in my own words, will I not open up the will to my, to my servants? In Russian it says to my slaves, my will to them. And after this situation, they beat him and there was like a, 
a metal pole in this in the in the in the yard that the inmates got to to go outside for whatever long period of time they had. They told them, "We're going to drag you out there right now. We're going to tie you up and we're going to beat you to death." And as soon as he stepped out, he started walking. All the cells are open in this whole jail cell. There's a thousand five hundred inmates. I'm talking ruthless inmates. Back in the Soviet Union, people were even, they were like animals, the the criminals, the mafia. They were in there. All of them, every single one of those inmates, they stepped out, they raised their hands up, and they started singing that song, and they repented. And the guards looked at them, and they're like, who are you? And the Holy Spirit spoke to the brother. He said, I am Jesus Christ, the one you are persecuting. And they all fell on their knees, and they repented. And the next day he came out a free man. But there was a price to be paid. 19 years of being of witness so all these souls in here could be saved. Christ is calling each and every one of us today not to love the world, but to love him wholeheartedly. That I am willing to lay down my life, Christ, because you are everything. You know, the word of God says, I'm going to say it in Russian, Царство Божье, оно не пища и питье. The church has forgot something. The church has lost something precious. When the presence of the Holy Spirit comes and fills our heart, we are satisfied. We don't need nothing else. I always love to talk about the first day when Christ gave me repentance, the first love that I had. And everyone here, they can reminisce, they can go back when Christ touched you, when Christ called you from the world, when Christ gave you a new life. You remember your heart then. You remember your passion. You remember your emotions. You remember your love towards Christ. You remember that you didn't want anything in this world. You didn't care about cars. You know, when I repented, I was single. I didn't care about girls. I didn't care about no TV. I didn't care about work. I had work, but it didn't, it didn't give me, I, I wasn't driven to that. All I wanted was to get on my knees and seek Christ, seek my Savior. And today, Christ telling me and each and every one of us, do not love the world. Do not seek things of the world. It was already said, the Heavenly Father, He knows what His children are in need of. He created us. Он сотворил небо и землю. Он сотворил каждого человека. Он знает, в чем мы нуждаемся. But He wants us to be in need of Him. He wants us to learn that we put our hope in Christ. We put our hope in God. And, that, and, and once we come to the realization that without God, we are nothing. That without God, we cannot do nothing. That without God, we are not good people. I, I want to tell every single one of us today that there is no good man. Without Christ living in us, we are not good people. The world today is lying to us. It's deceiving us. Satan is telling us that we are good people. We are not good people. The word of God says that you cannot do anything without me, that that we are born in sin. We know nothing but sin. There was this one preacher, Paul Washer. He always preaches about this. And, you know, I have a little daughter. And he says, look at the kids. When the kids are born, you don't need to teach them how to do evil. You don't need to teach them how not to be not good. What do you need to teach him? You need to teach him how to do good. You need to teach him how to obey. You need to teach him how to respect people, how to not cry, how to not throw tantrums, how to, how to, how to be a, you know, a good person. That's what our Father does to me and you. He is teaching every one of us. But if we do not go to him, we are going to start lying to ourselves in a Psalms I think 91, but it's 90 in Russian. It says, что щиты ограждения это есть истина твоё, слово истина твоё. Our protection, our covering is the word of God. But I want to tell you a little secret that the Lord has opened up to me in my personal walk, that if you just open up this word and you start to to read it with your fleshly mind before you get on your knees, you will you, we will be lost. We need to go to the Holy Spirit. We need to bow down and we need to ask so the Holy Spirit opens up this word so it would not be a bukva, but it would be a spirit. So that this word, it would speak to me, that this bread of life, it actually became bread for my spirit, that I cannot live without the word of God. When I read it, it fills me, it satisfies me, just like when Israel was in the desert 
God sent them manna and they would go out every morning and they would gather it and they would eat it. That manna, the word of God for you this day, tomorrow morning, if you're going to seek it, it's going to be needed for you for that day. It's going to be needed for that situation in your life. It's going to give you protection. It's going to give you wisdom. And it's going to give you the strength to walk in obedience. So today, I just want you young people. I'm also young. You know, I'm only 28 years old. I want you guys and me, myself, to put all this worldly, you know, worries away and get on our knees, not just here, but daily. You know, it might not come easy at first. You're not going to have this huge passion, maybe. Maybe inside you're going to feel like, man, I'm tired. I'm not really feeling it. I want to tell you that's your flesh telling you. See, we have a battle between our flesh and our spirit. Your flesh is telling you one thing, but inside, if you listen to what your spirit says, he's gonna, our spirit's going to tell us to, no, bow down in front of God. Humble yourself and start to seek. And there will come a time when we're seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking, just like when a Christ says, about this judge and this woman. She kept going to this judge. She kept bugging him. She kept talking to him. And he's just like, all right, I'll do it. But if we keep going to Christ, if we keep asking him wholeheartedly, if we keep seeking, he will answer. But he wants to see our diligence. He wants to see that we're serious. This one brother in Ohio, his name is Joseph. He said, a lot of people want to hear the word of, a lot of people want to hear God speak to them. And you know when he said this word, did, I give a re- did you give a reason to God to speak to you? And I'm asking myself and each and every one of us, I don't want to put us down, but did I give a reason to God to speak to me, that he would give me attention, that he might be doing something, and I'm knocking, I'm knocking, I'm seeking, Lord, Lord, help me. I don't know what to do, but I'm in need of you. Yeah, I guarantee each and every one of us and you, if we are seeking like that, the Lord, he will look upon us. And he will bless us and he will give us his strength. So today, I just want to encourage all of us that we do not seek the things of this world, but we seek Christ. And if we are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, I urge, I urge you, you start to seek that. You start to seek the Holy Spirit. You start to seek the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because if we're not going to have the gift of the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, we are going to struggle in our walk. The Holy Spirit, he is our teacher. He is our comforter. And he is the one that's going to guide us and give us strength on the path of Christ. May the Lord, have, may the Lord be blessed in this prayer. Amen. Hallelujah, young people. Our God... Amen. Amen. He's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's the same. Hallelujah. I love to see your smile faces. Praise the Lord. Я имею большую привилегию быть сегодня с вами в таком чудесном собрании. Мой язык не first English. My English is second. Hallelujah. Anyway, I love you guys. I love church. I love God. I love Jesus. Почти два месяца, как было здесь декорейшн, we together celebrate New Year, right? Two months fly, right? Our life flying too, right? Наша жизнь пролетает. Как было красиво здесь все убрано, уже все, уже осталось почти 10 месяцев, и будет опять Новый год, да? Вот так жизнь бежит. Когда-то я был как вы, братья, вот сестры. Вы будете как я, а я уже как вы. Правда? Буду старше, 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 дедушка, да? Такая жизнь, правда, друзья? И я хочу сказать, цените этим. Потому что вы счастливые люди. Все понимают меня, да? You guys blessed. Как братья сказали, что вы родились в христианских семьях. Это очень и очень хорошо. Пусть Бог благословит. Я уже буду заканчивать, потому что мы во времени, правда? 
Новый год пролетел, два месяца пролетели, жизнь пролетит. Кто-то может в этом году уже жениться, кто-то может замуж выйдет. Это нормально, это хорошо, правда? Мы будем молиться Господу. Мы будем призывать Его Святое Имя. И я желаю вас благословить, дорогая молодежь, именем Иисуса Христа, потому что Он живой Бог. Имен? Слабо, давайте еще. Имен? Наш Бог живой, и мы живы. И мы должны просить у Бога любви и милости. Как? На коленях. Просить Его в нашей комнате, в нашем доме. Друзья мои, время... Время пролетело, собрание закончилось, да? Очень быстро летит время. Друзья, я хотел бы несколько сказать таких points. Сколько время я провожу на интернете? Номер один. Один, да? Я не считаю ваше время, вы должны сами подумать. Сколько время я читаю Библию, да? И сколько время я молюсь Господу на коленях? Это будет домашнее задание каждому. И что оно мне приносит, интернет? Что мне приносит другое, друзья мои? Что приносит Библия? Что приносит то, что я стою на коленях и молюсь? Я когда-то был молодым человеком, мне было 18 лет. Есть 18 лет кто здесь? 18 years old. Anybody, а? Даже девочки, да? Есть. Меня забрали от моей мамы и папы в армию, советскую армию. И там была война, Афганистан, трудности. И я молился Господу, и сегодня я перед вами, потому что Божья милость сохранила меня. Аллилуйя Богу живому! Есть сила в молитве, друзья. Молись, если вера тебя покидает. Надежда ли гаснет, молись. Или пламень любви, как свеча угасает. Или ад пред тобою, молись. Ведь сила молитвы полки побеждает. Великое чудо молитва творит. И узы как нити она разрывает. И дом от горячей молитвы дрожит. Потому что с нами Бог. У вас есть такой шанс, друзья, посещать молитву. И это очень ценно, это очень дорого. Друзья мои, я заканчиваю. Я проповедовать не буду. Даниила, 3 глава. Царь Навуходоносор с 1 стиха сделал золотой и стукан, вышиною в шесть локтей, шириною в десять локтей, поставил его на поле. Друзья мои, это был золотой истукан, которому должны были все люди поклоняться. Но, читаю место, есть мужи иудейских, которых ты поставил над делами страны Вавилонской, Сидрах, Месах, Явдинага. Это мужи не повинуются повелению твоему царь, Богам твоим не служат, и золотому истукану, который ты поставил, не поклоняются. Тогда Навходоносор в гневе и в ярости повелел привести кого? Помните? Сидраха, Месаха и Авдинага. И приведены были эти три мужа к царю. Друзья мои дорогие, у меня нет времени проповедовать, может другой раз. Но эти молодые люди были научены в своем доме. Служить кому? Богу живому. Вы понимаете? Здесь в церкви ваши родители учат вас служить Богу, чтобы не было. Закон царя Новоходоносора, знаете, какой был? Страшный закон. Повеление царя было строго, очень строго. И печь раскалена была чрезвычайно. То пламя огня убивало тех людей, которые бросали Сидраха, Мессаха и Авдинага. А сии три мужа, Сидрах, Мессах и Авдинаг, упали в раскаленную огнем печь, связанные. Нет времени. Другой раз, друзья мои, почитайте третья глава Даниила. Эти люди были преданы Богу. Мы сегодня живем в нелегкое время, когда издаются законы. Вы понимаете, молодежь, что предстоит, мы не знаем. Сила в молитве и знание Слова Божьего. Эти люди не согрешили. Эти люди не поклонились этому золотому идолу, истукану. Там было потрачено много золота. Там было все сделано, друзья мои, но они не поклонились. Их бросили в печь раскаленную. Вы понимаете? Люди, которые бросали, были убиты насмерть. А эти люди упали. И что случилось? Только повязки. Чем были они связаны, сгорело. А они стояли живы. Друзья мои дорогие, смотрите. 
Тогда подошел Новоходоносор к устью печи раскаленной огнем и сказал, Сидрах, Мессах и Авдинага, рабы Бога Всевышнего, выйдите и подойдите. Друзья мои, какого чудного мы Бога имеем. Давайте скажем, слава Богу, наш Бог живой. Он вчера, сегодня и вовеки тот же, слава Ему. Давайте мы, друзья, прославим Бога за это собрание. Давайте воздадим Ему славу и попросим благословения на дальшую жизнь, на ваш мэридж, чтобы Бог благословил вашу жизнь, вашу учебу. Аминь. Молимся. God bless you guys. Аллилуйя. Милосердный Господь, слава Тебе. Мы поклоняемся Тебе вместе с молодежью. Мы благодарим Тебя за этот прекрасный вечер. Боже, Духом Твоим соедино каждое сердце. Благослови каждого, Господи, братика, каждую сестру благослови эту молодежь. Господи, излей Дух Твой Святой, излей благодать Твою, излей силу Твою, излей уверенность Твою, чтобы они жили для славы Твоей. Судьбы их благослови. Господи, Сидрах, Мессах и Авдинага, это были молодые люди, которые твердо верили Тебе, и никто из них не поколебался. Они не напугались этой печи раскаленной, и они остались верными Тебе. Благослови братьев и сестер, благослови Денниса, благослови его команду лидеров, благослови, Господи, группу прославления, благослови нашу церковь, Господи, города Такомы, слави Крещен Центр, наш город, нашу страну благослови, Отец Небесный, ибо на Тебя мы уповаем. Аллилуйя Тебе за Твое присутствие, за Твою любовь к нам. Слава Тебе, хвала Тебе да будет, Отец, Сын и Дух Святой. Аминь. Отче наш, сущий на небесах, да святится имя Твое, да придет Царствие Твое, да будет воля Твоя и на земле, как и на небе. Хлеб наш насущный подавай нам на каждый день и прости нам долги наши, как и мы прощаем должникам нашим. И не введи нас во искушение, но избави нас от лукавого, ибо Твое есть царство, и сила, и слава во веки. Аминь.